Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place www.caringplace.org Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by your Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, collectively known as the Caring Place. We are reaching out to our homeless in South Florida by feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and changing lives every day. I'm Marilyn Brummett, and I am your host today of Mission Possible. Usually, you hear my husband, Reverend Ronald Brummett, uh, but I'm doing the opening today. He is in the midst of the ministry. This is Resurrection Sunday, and so many lives are being touched of homeless hungry, the disenfranchised men, women. Our women come to us usually through domestic violence, abuse, which causes the homelessness. Many of our men that come to us sometimes is addiction issues. Uh, It can be financial. It can be depression. There are so many things that cause the actual homeless situation. Somebody asked me, Well, what is really the cause? And I say, well, look at a tree and see the leaves. And for every leaf, that's another story of why uh, someone ended up being homeless. So we're not here to judge. We are here to help uh, that person, that man, that woman, uh, that child that's with a parent um, that says, I don't know where else to turn. Uh, I've fallen through all the cracks. There is no net to catch me. And uh, the Miami Rescue Mission, the Broward Outreach Centers, uh, we try to stand in that gap and say, please, come to us. You know, many times that help, that first help, is the the meal. Uh, We often say, hope begins with a meal. They don't really come to us when they're homeless saying, I need a transforming program to help empower me to be successful. There might be a few who say that, but mostly they come because they are hungry. And so that's why we put the emphasis on the meal and feeding people, because as they come in, you know, you can't talk to somebody about getting cleaned up or getting your life back on track when they're just plain hungry. They are so hungry. That's all they can think about is food. And the next thing is shelter, uh, being in safe shelter, uh, hygienically, um, getting a shower and uh, getting your hair 
uh, washed and uh, having soap and deodorant and toothbrush and toothpaste and all those things that go along with uh, getting cleaned up, all that comes like the next step, you know, right after the meal. The meal is the primary focus that many people come to. And we have done Mission Hope Drives. That's our hygiene drives. In fact, on Friday... When we had our street outreach, which is called Thanksgiving on Good Friday, uh, we were able to touch several thousand uh, men, women, and children as they came to us uh, for that meal. They were coming for the meal. And then through that, we also had the foot washing uh, during that time because this has now become a tradition here at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. Over 11 years now, we've been doing the foot washing, and volunteers actually take up the banner of doing this. All hygienically done. We have the gloves and the changing of the water and the soap and the chlorine, all that. And so it's done correctly. But can you imagine as someone comes and and their feet are hurting, uh, they're sore, they've been walking, uh, as you deal with the homeless, you know, their feet are are many times uh, a very hurting part of the body because they've been walking and walking, not wearing proper shoes, not being able to change their socks. And so this foot washing has, is very significant, not only as we are emulating what Jesus did with his disciples before going to the cross, but we're putting um, in action uh, the compassion of the care uh, for those that are coming to us. And as the volunteers do, you see tears, you know, on both sides, the one giving the foot washing and the one receiving the foot washing. And we even have police officers that are doing the, the foot washing. And isn't that a story uh, to tell or to actually see? Uh, I remember one lady said, oh, my goodness, I'm usually on the wrong side of the law. But now a police officer is washing my feet. She began to cry. And then the I saw the officer cry. And I was like, wow, this is a mo- This is a Kodak moment. This is a moment in time uh, that God has just intervened to bring people together. And I want to give a shout out to Barry University podiatry students. They come every year to do the foot care. And so they trim those nails. They help those calluses. Uh, they look for any wounds. And uh, they, they, they take care of the feet. Okay, they've just been washed, and now they take care of the feet. And so all the people that came, they got a beautiful meal. Uh, we call it Thanksgiving on uh, Good Friday because we give a Thanksgiving-style meal. And uh, it's delicious. We never can go wrong with that. And then they have the foot washing. They get clothing given to them, new socks, shoes. Uh, hygiene bags that's our mission hope bag so those of you who've been doing those mission hope drives this is one of those street outreaches where we're giving that out and then for the children uh, the from the families that really do need we call it um, our families at risk 
Uh, they may not be homeless, but they're right on the verge. And so we gave out Easter baskets. And again, a shout out to all those organizations that helped us with Easter baskets. Amtrust Bank, you guys are awesome. You gave us so many Easter baskets. And there's just so many other organizations that put together and uh, just came up with the Easter baskets. And we gave out hundreds of Easter baskets to families. And to see the look on the children's uh, faces was amazing. We even had the Easter Bunny. He was at both campuses, and uh, he was taking pictures with the children. This is a an amazing, amazing uh, uh, event outreach on the street. Uh, in Hollywood, a shout-out to Vice Mayor Tracy Caleri. Thank you for coming out. We had the president of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce and Hot. She came out, and we're just so appreciative of all those that have come out. In Miami, we had Commissioner Boven. He was there. Uh, It's just an amazing thing to see our local community come behind and be part and say say a, a word to our homeless, to our hurting, and say, you know, this is not the end of the road. Um, there is help, and we have uh, people and organizations in our community that's ready to step out and give you some help. So enjoy the meal, but but think about coming into the life-changing program because both of our uh, campuses had intake tables, and uh, people were just saying, I, I want more. I don't want just the meal. Can you help me? We even had prayer tents and ministry teams that was going throughout the crowd talking to people, praying with people. I'm telling you, it was an amazing ministry uh, to our hurting, to those that need that special touch. And I thank you if you were involved in any way. Uh, remember, we are still, this is our last day of our radio share We're still in need of a thousand meals to meet our goal of 20,000. We had a Uh, 10,000 matching uh, gifts, and so we needed to raise 10,000, so I need another 1,000. So if you would go to caringplace.org slash Good Friday, could you help us meet our goal of reaching another 1,000 meals? Uh, This was to take care of all Passion Week and uh, Passover uh, we do need that help with meal support. It costs $2.10 a meal. So we've got more coming up. I'm going to be interviewing uh, one of our own staff in just a moment, and he's going to be able to tell you what happened in Broward and in our Hollywood campus. So don't turn that dial. We'll be back in just a moment with more Mission Possible. Well, it's always wonderful to talk with people in the community that are making a difference. But um, once again, I'm going to be interviewing someone that works with the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. I have the honor of having with me James Whitworth, and he is our operations uh, director here at the mission. And uh, James, it's great to have you on air with me. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, you know, uh, we are, well, well, this is Sunday morning. First of all, you know, I'm sure you want to greet everybody and and say happy. uh, Happy Easter, everybody. Uh, What a wonderful, uh, wonderful win to our Holy Week. And uh, it was so inspiring what happened at all of our campuses this 
this past weekend and uh, just supercharged to, to head forth and, and, and help more people. Well, uh, we had something great going on on Friday. We had our great Thanksgiving on Good Friday, our street outreach where we were able to touch several thousand of the hurting, homeless, hungry, uh, disenfranchised, the men, women, and children. Now, I was really on the Miami campus most of the day uh, because of our great radio share that was going on as well. But, James, you were up in Broward um, at our Hollywood Center. Tell us a little bit about what happened there. Well, it was very inspiring. It's, 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 it's always a very special day, and we've been doing this for many years now, probably maybe 15, probably maybe more, more years in a row. And um, when you're on the roof and you're looking down at the crowds on the street um, and you're seeing the community come together to uh, show love and uh, to, to really get in the spirit of uh, Good Friday, which is all about service and, and, and honoring the Lord and, and, and just making sure that the people who are, who are really hurting are, are, are being shown love, um, that's inspiring. And um, I, I don't know the exact number. I didn't count everybody, but it, we guess there was around 500 people, and everybody just had a great time. I know the homeless had uh, a, a really uplifting experience, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. Yes, and uh, not only was we able to feed them, now the reason we call it Thanksgiving on Good Friday is kind of an interesting story behind that, is that for many years the mission did the great Thanksgiving Day banquet, and uh, when we incorporated about 11 years ago the Good Friday outreach on the street, uh, we called it Thanksgiving on Good Friday because we actually serve a Thanksgiving-style meal. Yep, that's right. We had turkey and all the trimmings, and, and uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of neat because everybody, obviously, that's a, that's a popular meal, and it, it, it kind of is, is, uh, has the connotation of family being together and, and sharing the blessings that we're given and uh, I think having uh, turkey, even though most people think of that as a Thanksgiving type meal, um, you know, having it around uh, on Good Friday, uh, it, it's again, it's a reminder that we are family and that we come together at the table to share. That, yeah, that is tr- so true. And it seems like we can't go wrong with serving that type of a meal. Now, we had uh, so many volunteers. All, all together, all the campuses, was like uh, over 400 volunteers. Mm-hmm. I think in um, Broward there, it was close to 200, a little, over, a little under maybe 200 volunteers. That sounds about right. A lot, a lot of really fired up people. And uh, you were over there by the foot washing uh, tent, and yeah. uh, you saw the university students, too. What was going on yeah, there? Yeah, Barry University, they've been such great partners with us over the years, and they bring their podiatry students out. And many people don't really think about this, but um, you know, we take for granted our, our feet that they're, you know, uh, as, a, as a non-homeless person, you kind of take for granted the fact that your feet are always in pretty good shape, you know, compared to uh, the person who is actually on the street. And when you take a look at their feet, and the, 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 the damage that they come in with and the, and the lack of care and the untrimmed nails and the, and the terrible calluses and even wounds that they come in with that, are, that haven't been treated. So here we have Barry University. These are students going to school to learn how to take care of people's feet. And they're doing it for free. They're volunteering their time and their resources and their supplies. And um, they're, they're providing medical treatment for people's feet. And it's a wonderful thing to see. So right after we wash the feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volunteers the, do that. The Barry students, they take over. And they're in there trimming calluses and trimming nails and providing the care. And they're also providing advice on how to better care for your feet. 
uh, because with the FICO bad, the, everything else is just ready and ready in line to go bad after that. So um, the people that leave us, their their uh, their feet are in, uh, they they know their feet have been taken care of. Well, we also have intake tables at both campuses, and those that um, do come in, they're homeless. Uh, we encourage them to come into one of our life-changing programs. So I think between the two campuses, it was nearly 60 people that um, actually made that decision to come off the street, and that's what we want to see. We don't want them going back there. Now, James, this whole week, uh, we have been promoting on-air a radio share goal was to raise 20 thousand meals now that's a lot of meals um that was to take care of all passion week passover week um it coincides this year and so we were really putting a push and we had a couple of sponsors that actually said we will sponsor up to ten thousand meals if you raise ten thousand meals so that's the push that uh, we have been on and right now we are like almost at the finish line this is like the last day and we need another thousand meals so um, it costs two dollars and ten cents a meal uh, you can go on to our website caringplace.org slash good friday so james anything you want to say to maybe help people uh to say hey listen let's let's sponsor some meals and take care of Absolutely, some homeless yeah. um, we're so close thousand meals um is 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 we can we can see the light there and um uh for those who maybe haven't thought about it, it's kind of like the foot care. You, you, you take it for granted, having a meal and having a nutritious meal. Uh, and for the people that are on the street, uh, they may not know where their next, next meal is coming from. They may be in crisis mode and wondering if uh, McDonald's is just taking out the trash and they're going to pick through the trash. So um, when they come to our centers and they get a, uh, a nutritionally balanced meal that tastes good and is served with love, uh, that means the world to somebody. And we're only a 1,000 away from our goal, so please help us. Yes, that's right. And we often say hope begins with a meal. Um, And sometimes that's the beginning of the transformation. They didn't come to us thinking, oh, wow, uh, I'm going to come into a life-changing program. My life's going to be completely changed, empowered, and I'll become successful. Actually, when they come to us, James, they're just saying, I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really all they're able to say it in the beginning, and it's through the meal that we kind of start to build relationships with people, and they start to open up to us, and we find out that there may be some trauma in their life that needs to be addressed, or some some kind of an addiction process. So um, uh, that meal is the is kind of a gateway to the the soul, and uh, mm-hmm. we try to uh, show them love in every way we can. But part of that process means to opening up to each other, and uh, the meal helps. That's right, and we see it over and over again, and we have so many testimonies of people who have gone through the programs, and and their life was dramatically transformed, and now they're successful. There's just thousands of graduates out there. In fact, in March, we had a great graduation ceremony, cap and gown, uh, where they walk the stage, because when they come into a life-changing program, it's more than just feeding them. Um, there's case management, there's schooling, uh, there's career readiness, uh, th- uh, there's uh, skills for even helping raise your children and teaching them anger management. All those things are tied up. But it begins once again with that meal. And I am asking, and James is asking right now, could you help us meet this goal? Because your your uh, money, uh, your the meal support will be doubled. It will be matched. And we're lacking a 1000 when we get that thousand, we get the, the, the balance of that ten thousand. 
So we'll all together we'll have raised. Tw- uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 20,000 uh, meals. And that is what the goal is. We're just lacking 1,000 meals right now. We, it turns into 2,000. So if you'd go to caringplace.org slash good friday you can go right to that page and you can give and uh, we're going to give you uh, a wonderful uh, thank you a letter and uh, it'll be an it's a non-profit tax deductible uh, donation so please 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 do that on resurrection sunday easter sunday go to caringplace.org slash good friday Good morning. This is Leanne Navarro, the Community Development Associate for the Miami Center. So excited. We have in the studio today friends because they've been here before. And I love, love uh, Jennifer Westcott, the Director of Community Relations, and Mark Adler, the Executive Director for Meals on Wheels. Welcome. Thank you, you. Leanne. So good to have you guys. And I know you've been here before. And uh, I have to say it again. We're friends, right? Friends in the community, helping our community. Uh, But for those of you out there that don't know Meals on Wheels, Mark, tell us about Meals on Wheels. What do you guys do? Well, so many people have heard of Meals on Wheels, but I think a lot of people don't know everything that we do. Um, Of course, we are main mission is to end hunger and most people don't know that we are ending hunger across all ages with kindness dignity and compassion we deliver meals to homebound seniors in their homes and to 33 senior dining sites in Broward County and then we also have kids programs during the summer to help stomp out childhood hunger over the summer months and that is so important. I mean, we are not, I mean, you guys know, we're not, we're not strangers uh, to the hunger and the homelessness. And, and that's pretty much um, a lot of what we do here in Miami and Broward as well. And, and children, you mentioned children. We've done that during the summer as well. Because the truth is that a lot of children uh, from low-income housing and needy uh, families, they go home and they're hungry during those months of summer. It's true. And yeah. across the state, only about 13% of the kids who could participate in a summer feeding program actually participate. And these are the kids that rely on the school lunch during the school year for what might be the only decent meal they get per day. I, I agree. I agree. I've seen it. Um, it's, it's crazy. And um, we thank you so much for doing that. I mean, Meals on Wheels, I know you guys for, for years now. And, and you guys are doing an amazing job in our community helping. And um, so tell me more. What's happening? What are you doing? What are you guys doing new? <laughs> One of the things that I'm really excited about is coming up. It's a nationwide awareness campaign called March for Meals. It happens every March. And what it is is Meals on Wheels chapters across the country get together to really shine a light on the importance of the nutritious meals and the safety checks that we bring to our homebound senior citizens. So we have a slew of things to share. We have social media assets. We have e-blasts. We have beautiful photos of our clients and our volunteers interacting. And it's really fun to see everyone showing what they do in different cities across the country. So it happens for the entire month. So I'm really excited about that coming up. The whole entire month of March. Now, you mentioned volunteers, and I know that 
our listeners are probably saying, oh my God, how can I get involved, right? Um, how can the community help during that month of March? How can the community get involved with that? They can absolutely volunteer at any time, not just March. Uh, yes. We love to have new folks come out. They can actually deliver meals to our homebound clients. They can come help out in our office. We have mail stuffing. We have things going out every day. So we have folks that come in with their children to come out and volunteer in our office. Um, we also have our congregate dining sites. Those are the seniors that are going out and they're playing bingo and they're playing arts I and crafts. It's so fun. And we have have people that come out and serve meals there as well. They get hot meals there as well. So we actually have groups. We'll have groups like FedEx or Chen Med come out and they'll do a little corporate team building activity and serve meals there as well. Love it. And how do they find you? How do they find Meals on Wheels to volunteer, to find out about March, to volunteer all year long? How do they find you guys? Everything is listed on our website, which is mealsonwheelssouthflorida.org and they can apply to become a volunteer on there and in, in addition to the volunteer opportunities Jennifer mentioned we also have I mean we have so many volunteer opportunities uh, folks who want to volunteer once a month we have a Meals for Companion Pets program where we deliver pet food to the homebound seniors oh, pets my heart is melting I know. <laughs> they go out on one Saturday a month um, so they, there's all different kinds of ways to volunteer again every penny counts every donation all volunteers. I mean, we, we are so happy to have you guys. And uh, come back again. We Thank love you. you. Thank Bet. you so much Thank for you, all that Mark. you do. All Thank, right. you. Thank you. Well, you know, I always am very partial to this part of the program where we get to interview someone who's actually going through life change or really has come to that point in their life where they feel like that God has really done something miraculous in their life. And I have with me today Alfred. And first of all, before I say anything else, I'm going to say welcome to the program, Alfred. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, Alfred, um, let's just uh, tell everybody what did lead you to the mission. How did you get here? And just tell us from your side, your point of view. Well, I mean, you know, it's a long story, but pretty much, you know, uh, I'm going to start off in my addiction. And because my addiction was really, you know, overwhelming to me. You know, I mean, I didn't start off on the street. You know, I had a good upbringing, and I've had good jobs, and I've had people in my life and good family. But at the point of in my early 20s, I had a void in my life. I felt empty, and when I got involved in drugs, which was uh, recreational, just for fun, it it uh it opened up a door of excitement that I wasn't having and it filled a void that I had in my life and it got worse and worse. You know, it turned into a beast, an animal, you know, and uh that was my addiction. And it drove me to the street. And in order not to in my mind hurt other people that I cared about, I I distanced myself. I pushed away, you know. So did you become like a loner? Right, you know, and that, and and then I couldn't even hold jobs because my addiction was getting stronger and stronger. So all of that led me, you know, because I didn't make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to stop. So if I continue, then I kept going down, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and I slid into a deep black hole that was so treacherous and it was so consuming, and you know. Uh, I had to face a lot of demons. So what was a, a day like out there on the streets in the middle of all that? Well, I mean, you know, when I woke up, I mean, 
my main objective was to get high. You now, know? how do you do that when you don't have money? Well, uh, I was at first. I well, re- basically, I did whatever I had to do, just to be honest. You know, but I got tired of going into institutions and prison. And when I got tired of so going... So a little bit, of, I mean, if we're going to be truthful, a little bit yeah. of hustling, a little bit maybe panhandling, a little bit of uh, taking right. from other people that didn't belong to exactly. you. Exactly. Just all that kind of wrapped together. Wrapped together, you know, but yes. And it got to the point to where, um, I, you know, I, I did a lot of time in prison over that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not proud of that. Now, know. that time in prison... You're not supposed to be on drugs during that time. So was was that a clean time or not? It was a clean time. It was a clean time, but I never surrendered my life to any any kind of higher power. So I was still, you know, I had reserv- big time reservations, you know. And when I, you know, all along, whenever I planned to get out, I was going to go right back, you know, full force. So it no. wasn't it wasn't the catalyst at that point no. to say when I get out of here things are going to be different. Right. Yeah. And now a lot of people can't understand that. Well, you know, a lot of people can't understand. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, drugs it, it, it's it's a spirit of bondage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, uh, it's like having handcuffs mm-hmm. on you. And if you it, sometimes you won't even know. Okay, we're going to come right back with the rest of your story. I know what you're trying to say is that drugs uh, kept you longer than what you wanted to be there. And uh, it just, um, you know, it it was a demon that had a hold on you. So we'll be back in just a moment for more of Alfred's story. Please, we'll only be gone about 30 seconds. Well, I'm glad you stayed with us because we're back with Alfred. And you heard the first part of his story, how really drugs really did take him further than he wanted to go and kept him there longer than he wanted to stay. Now we're at that point. You're in prison. You're getting out. So what really led you to the mission how did you find out about the mission and as you said when you were in prison you wasn't making a decision that when i get out i'm going to change so how did that all bring you to the mission being on the street and living the street life i knew about the Miami rescue mission times where i really really you know i was desperate for food or for something to eat or i really really need to take a, a bath you know I would go to the Miami rescue mission so but i was never earnestly ready to submit myself to what I would probably have to do to go through. So what was the catalyst that made you change your mind or what I, brought you here to come into the program? I was what you would consider a hustler as far as I made money. I didn't have a problem making money. I could talk a fish off a fish truck. What I did with the money was the whole key. It got worse and worse and worse to the point to where I, I really felt like I was going to die. You know, I was at the end of my rope. I was using, but I, I I was in slavery to it to the point where I didn't even like using anymore. Mm, okay. I didn't enjoy it. Wow. But it came was something to that I point. had to do. That's really far down the road then. Yeah. yeah. So what made you come into the program? I had a hernia in my testicles and I, blood was everywhere. Anytime I urinate, I urinate blood. And I was rid- I was in a lot of pain. And I didn't understand why I was drawn up and, and just tired. In the back of my mind, the only thing I saw was my rescue mission. 
So when you came in, they sent you to the clinic. I waited for three days. I laid down in front of the mission for three days. I came in on a Monday, and I laid up, and I went to Jackson Hospital, got my operation. I mean, I came back strong, you know. Hmm. The mission really helped me as far as that's concerned. Now, at that point, you could have said, okay, see ya. Right. But you stayed. Why? I stayed because I started listening to the Word in the chapel, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I was around so much positivity, and I was around the Word of God, and it really started sinking in, mm. and it touched my heart. Wow. I mean, what else can someone say? That the, the Word of God, you know, the Word of God says it promises not to come back void. Right. So actually, it was filling the void that you had so it wasn't coming back void that's right that's pretty amazing so now you've been at the mission you are really part of our upper class so just give us a closing statement as to what you feel right now right now i feel very uh encouraged to do the will of god um i you know when i wake up in the morning i i thank god when i go to bed at night I, i give god praise you know, my life has turned 100%. Uh, I don't have any desires to use drugs or anything like that. You know, uh, I incorporate the Word of God in my life, and I'll just listen to it. I have to practice it. I have to actually, you know, be a doer, you know, as long, you know, along with, you know, uh, reading the Word and taking mm-hmm. it in and stuff like that. Well, you're part of the ministry because when you're in Alpha, you not only just um, get to go to class and do all those things, but you're actually put to work in the ministry, and so you really feel a part of that. I know there's so much more to tell, Alfred, uh, but that's all the time we have. We'll have to interview you again and uh, get more of the story. I hope as you listen to these stories that your heart is touched and know that the power of God can change people, and uh, when you you see somebody who you think there is no hope there is hope uh, with God and so Alfred thank you for having the courage to share your story and I'm going to ask the listeners to pray for you Uh, please pray for Alfred this week coming up uh, continue to work in his life pray for the other men women and children we touch people every day and we couldn't do it without you so thank you our listeners and our supporters for helping the Miami Rescue Mission in Broward Outreach Centers. And thank you, Alfred, for sharing your story. Thank you. Well, it's wonderful hearing testimonies from people who are going through life changes. It's wonderful hearing from Alfred. You know, it's not easy uh, to tell your story, especially when you've gone through such painful uh, things in your life. And, um, you know, Alfred, he started, uh, he says, you know, early in his uh, 20s, he was trying to fill a void in his life and got off track. For whatever the reason, you know, so many of us, we, we all have stories to tell. And we know there's maybe something in our life that we're not proud of. Um, but if it isn't for people who come alongside and say, let me help. Let, let me help you get on, on track again. And uh, that's why our prayer always that uh, God is able to use us, uh, use, we say, our hands, our feet, let them be guided by the Lord. 
And as Jesus, as we think on this Resurrection Sunday about his resurrection from the tomb, he is not dead. He is alive. And uh, that resurrection power is still available to us today. And at the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, we are a faith-based organization, and we believe in that resurrection power. And as our men and women come to us hurting, uh, thinking all is lost, they do not know where to turn, uh, we begin to love them first uh, with a meal. Uh, We say hope begins with a meal. And uh, then help them get cleaned up, you know, give them safe shelter, a shower, uh, deodorant, you know, all those basic uh, needs that we have in our life. Uh, You can't really help change a life until you get the physical needs met. And then you can talk about the spiritual need and say, you know, God has a plan for you. Uh, Don't give up. Don't despair. You know, anybody who's read Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I have plans for you, declares the Lord, to give you hope in a future not to harm you. And uh, sometimes that's just what someone needs to hear and know that uh, God does love them, has a plan for their life. And so as we celebrate our Lord's resurrection, we also celebrate the resurrection of so many lives men and women that come to us and now have graduated the programs have gone back out into society to be successful but once again don't forget it starts with a meal that's why we say hope begins with a meal and as i close this program this is the last time i get to talk about it is that we are about a thousand meals short of meeting our goal um, we said 20,000 uh, meals. Remember, when we raise that 1,000, we get another 1,000, which will be all total uh, for all this uh, uh, Radio share with WIOD is 20,000 meals. So I need 1,000 meals to get the other 1,000. That's 2,000, and that means that we have met our goal. How can you help? You can go to our website right now, Caring Place dot org slash good friday and that is going to go to the meal support helping us reach that twenty thousand meals uh, for passion week and passover we celebrate passover here at the mission as well and uh, we'll in fact be having a passover seder just in a few days and uh, that'll be a teaching and a meal and uh, I'll be doing that in the Hollywood campus and in the Miami campus. So we cover both bases. We're celebrating uh, Resurrection Sunday and we're also celebrating Passover. Thank you uh, for listening to this wonderful uh, Mission Possible, the Good News program. It's all about good news. And uh, thank you for helping the homeless and the hungry through the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We'll be back with you again next Sunday morning at 8 a.m. for more Mission Possible, the good news program. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.